Mississippi Golfer Podcast. From players to tournaments to courses and personalities, this is your home for everything in Mississippi golf. Hey everybody and welcome to the Mississippi Golfer Podcast. My name is Paul and I'm here with my co-host Matt. Matt, what's up tonight? Oh, not much. How you doing? I had another another eventful weekend in Mississippi golf. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, still kind of trying to get over that a little bit to have two guys from Mississippi playing each other in the semifinals of the of the USAM is is nuts. And then trying to track some guys on the Corn Ferry playoffs, to, you know, see if we can get some some more Mississippi guys out there on tour. Um, yeah, for sure. Just a just an overall fun weekend and it's really funny that again we got these other you know kind of random events not random but the usam and the corn ferry kind of taking precedence over what's even happening on on the pga tour but you know we'll talk a little fedex cup too going into the going into the the tour championship this week where it's it's just kind of a weird setup but i think we should start with the usam what a what a great couple of weeks for you know mississippi golf in in the u.s amateur world yeah i think i mean this is probably the best and biggest two weeks in the national spotlight we may have ever had at, at any point in time i mean to host the women's event in our state at waverly and then to have you know, for the first time ever, guys make it to the semifinals in multiples and then have the eventual winner. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that we've ever had as good a two-week stretch at any point for, for our state. So it, it's been really amazing to, to see that and watch these guys play this past weekend. And uh, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, it was it was super fun to know. I mean, we had four or five guys, you know, make it to the USAM out of seven over seven thousand that tried to qualify, and then to have Cohen Trollio and, and Andy Ogletree, you know, playing each other in the semifinals. It's just, I mean, at Pinehurst, for, yeah, you know, no doubt, is is kind of surreal. Yeah, we'll say too. I mean, Wilson Fur and Jack Jack Nam, he missed it. He was in that thirteen or oh, gosh, yeah, he was, was like over 20, twenty. It was like a twenty-seven man playoff. Yeah, J- Jack was in that playoff, so I mean, he he was right there, just outside of it, and had a chance to play his way in. Um, I mean, what a, a <laughs> twenty-six spots for one, you know, for one spot in that for twenty-six mm-hmm. players. I mean. Yeah, it um, was it was crazy, and then even just the whole field size itself. It was there was three hundred and twelve people yeah. in the field, and the and the scoring averages were in the mid to high seventies. Yeah, I mean you're playing two uh, really tough golf courses in the number four, and then obviously the number two being the more famous of the courses. But uh, the number four is uh, is a challenge on itself, and I think it worked out really well for them, you know, playing both of those courses at the same time and being able to. You know, not a lot of courses can can really support and just logistically pull that off. But you know, obviously Pinehurst has the the courses, and they're all of great caliber, and and, and you know, they were able to do that. But um, yeah, to get down from that number to sixty four, that's that's a feat in itself, just to make it to that point, and then to have you know two advance to the final four. For the first time ever, uh, it was just really really cool to see. Yeah, well, let's you know. We- Obviously, Annie Ogletree ends up winning, but let's back up a day to, to Saturday when, when Annie Ogletree's playing Cohen Trollio, the, the rising junior um, from West Point, who's got a, you know, pretty pretty famous dad if you're, you know, the golf circles in Mississippi. But for him to, to come out and do what he did as a, as a 17-year-old was, 
was next to incredible. Yeah, and you know, I know Cohen a little bit through high school, and I know you do too, and know VJ, and it, it's you know this this was this was a big coming out party for him. I think. I mean, he's uh, the, the TV made a big point about him being unranked in the world amateur golf rankings, um, and you know, and that's that's I think he just hasn't played. Um, you know, in you know, a lot of juniors don't they don't have these kind of ranking points, and and um, but I think he proved that um, you know that's not really that important. I mean, he, he can come out and compete with guys in the, in the top 100, um, and and really hold his own, and and, and you know he got a lot of uh, a lot of talk, and and you know he kind of showed what kind of game he's got. It was it was impressive. I mean, he's definitely not not as long as some of those other guys out there right now. But he played his game and played it right. And it was I enjoyed hearing hearing the VJ commentary the whole time because he was he wasn't holding anything back because it was his son or because no, it was on TV. Not. It was it was great to watch. I just I love to hear the story they were talking about. You know, like he I don't even think Cohen carries or or VJ will even let him carry a 60 degree wedge yet because he's not old enough and says that's, that's cheating carrying that. I think that all he has is a 52 and a 54 degree wedge and has learned to learn to hit his way around Pinehurst just well, just, just fine like that. Yeah. That got a lot of kind of traction with the media and you you saw a couple articles about it and a couple, you know, I think question, you know, kind of assess your game do you, do you feel like you need to have that and so it kind of made you think about it a little bit differently and uh yeah that was an, an interesting kind of side story that came out during this week and um you know it, it's uh it was a uh, yeah just kind of a side story that came out yeah for sure and you know he he came up just a little short on Saturday, you ran into Andy Ogletree I mean looking back through his results through the match play I mean he just he blitzed people all the way through the all the way through to the semifinals. Neither one of them, neither Andy or Cohen, played that great in that semifinal match. Yeah, but. they both struggled. I went through and looked at the um, kind of their tallied their score up. Andy was plus seven, and Cohen was was a plus ten, which was neither one of them had come anywhere close to those numbers before. But that that just kind of shows you how golf is. I mean, it's a grind. They had played a lot of matches going up to that, and you know you're. It, it's hard to be at your best at every one of them at that level of pressure. And that's also the beauty of match play. You know, does, your score doesn't matter. Do you win the hole and you lose one? You, know, you could make a double or a triple. You still have only lost one hole. So they, they were definitely battling that day. And, and, you know, Andy came out just, just on enough on top. And neither one of them had their A games. There's no doubt about that. But then uh, Andy definitely rallied against uh, what most people thought were a superior player um, and came out and, you know, started – he didn't even start slow, but John came out hot. I mean, that first 18 holes, Andy was three under and John was five under. So, yeah, I think he was three down after the first match, um, either three or four. I think two after the first okay after so the yeah first you got about 18 two. but he got it he made a big birdie pot on 18 of the yeah of the first 18 to get it back to two like which completely changed the momentum i think yeah and then you look at the back nine you know totally switched and was another three under and john was plus three with that is counting that that double bogey on 18 which really um yeah you know, uh, 
that was he was just kind of done by then. So I mean, it's that's that's again the beauty of golf. I mean, you come out, he came out really hot, and after that that kind of break at that second nine, he struggled and gave Andy a chance to to come in and make up some ground, and that's exactly what he did. And you know, it's you got to play that you know a thirty six hole match like that is it's a grind and it's it's a it's a challenge. Yep, and it was you know kind of as it came onto the national broadcast, it was it was a lot like you know Andy was not given a whole lot of chance to to no. win to win at all, which is it's fun. He's he's a relative unknown. I mean, he is a very successful college player from a from a small town in Mississippi. That you know, I mean, I can understand where where the focus was on was on Augustine. Yeah, but, just looking at their ranking, Augustine is thirty eighth, and Ogletree was one twenty. So I mean, uh, looking at that. He was a he was a large underdog. Both of them played you know, big time college golf, and um, you know Georgia Tech is a great program. But um, yeah, he is from a small town. But uh, he's 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 you know can hold his own. I mean he's he's had some really good um, results um, even lately. I mean so he he came in there I think playing fairly well. Um, yeah, you know, he had played in the players amateur and finished seventeenth. Finished ninth in the north and south, um, which ironically is on those exact same golf courses. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of uh, end of June. So I mean, mm-hmm. he had been really didn't even hear anybody talk about that on the broadcast. But I mean, he had come straight out of you know just yeah. under probably a month and a half of playing that exact golf course and you know finishing in the top ten. Um, against some of the same competitors, so uh, I didn't really hear that talked about at all. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but that was definitely an advantage for him to, you know, be familiar with the courses a little bit. And I mean, it's that is a long week. The USAM is a oh, long yeah. week of golf that you have to have some things go your way, and then you have to you have to execute too. Yeah, it's it is a an endurance, and and you know that you're going to have matches where you're not going to play your best, and you got to find a way to to grind it out and that's yeah that's exactly what he did and you know to have to finally have our first mississippi champion um is really cool and and we've had a lot of good players come through that haven't been able to 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 take this you know take this trophy so um i would venture say he's probably not the one that people would have picked to be the first to do it but it was really pretty cool to see though yeah it's really really fun to have somebody and i mean to to the victor goes the spoils too. I mean, he's 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 set for the U.S. Open next year, yeah. the Open Championship, and everybody says traditionally the Masters invite, but I'm pretty sure that's almost a guarantee as well. And yeah, how, I would think so. And how how cool to get to play the Masters the year after Tiger wins because he'll he will play with with Tiger those first two rounds. You want to you want to see, see some galleries? Yeah, yeah that's he, uh, gonna be a whole another level of nervous. <laughs> um, not only playing in the Masters, but playing with Tiger is gonna be. Uh, I mean, that's just gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, but you know, a, a chance of a lifetime for him, and not not to mention he he made the Walker Cup team that yeah. will take off, you know, over to play I think at, at Hoy Lake here at the beginning of September. So yeah. Not too much, you know, two or three weeks and probably back to school gets settled in and it's time for some you know, some Walker Cup golf for him. Yeah, that'll be a really cool experience. And one that yeah, I don't know that he was 
where he was on the radar for that. But, you know, winning this gets him automatically onto that team. So he's going to play with a lot of these guys that he's probably just been competing against in, in you know, this week. So mm-hmm. um, very cool to get to play in that. That's a very prestigious tournament where uh, to get on that yeah, a name in that team is is awesome. Yeah, and definitely over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to reach out to to Andy and see if we can get him on get him on the podcast and interview him and just talk about the experience and let it let it sink in for a week and see yeah. you know, what it's like. You know, looking forward, I mean, it is a it's a, it's a game changer for him. Hopefully, that you know propels his career forward. I think it will. I mean, he he's he's got still got some time left and. I, I don't think he will maybe be in a rush to turn pro, but yeah, he's. I'm I'm sure that will be something that will happen at some time, and um, hopefully, he will get to enjoy the the you know extras and all the bonuses of winning this tournament as an amateur. So clearly, he's he's got the game to to play at the next level, and just again, getting to that next level is. A lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of executing, but also you got to have you got to have a few things fall your way. But he's got no a pretty, doubt. he's got a pretty fun fun year, senior year of, of college golf and some and some fun tournaments to uh, to look forward to for him. Yeah. Well, um, next we can let's talk a little just real quick. We'll touch on on the McKenzie Tour and Hayden Buckley up in in Canada. He had another good week last week and then stayed in the fifth position on the order of merit. So he's you know again it's it's looking good for him yeah. to 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 get onto the the Corn Ferry Tour next year. There's a couple of tournaments left I think in the season. I think they have a little bit of a break, but I'm excited to to see how it plays out for him over the next few weeks. Yeah, another good finish for him. Um, you know, he, he actually extended that lead a little bit. He finished uh, – had a top 20. Um, actually, I think extended his lead on the money list a little bit, uh, just over 20,000. So, barring one or two players going crazy and possibly having to get a win, um, he, sh- he should – it's not going to say lock it up, but he, he's going to he's gonna be right there and, and most likely be moving on to the Corn Ferry next year. So, um yeah, he's he just continued to play solid. He, he really is just, um, and this was probably one of his worst events. Actually, he played really well and, and had a had a bad fourth round. Um, yeah, he was right there in the top five and shot seventy seven uh, on Sunday to really drop down all the way to seventeenth. And you know, sometimes those rounds just pop up here and there. So, and he was coming off a of sixty four the round three before that. So it's it's hard to follow up one of your better rounds and you've seen that historically across all levels um it's hard to follow up a really really good round with another one and so yeah had some had some hiccups but still top 20 still that keeps that fifth spot so he's uh, he's in good shape right now yeah and then speaking of the corn ferry tour the playoffs started this week this year there's just three events in the corn ferry playoffs it's kind of gone under the radar as kind of the fedex cup moving to the three events kind of took precedence and took all that news but three weeks for these these guys to get tour cars is a you know even if it's just one less event is a very condensed schedule for some of these guys to get some work done yeah, it's basically an aggressive tour school um, or Q school if you want to look at it that way. I mean, it's 
uh, with the wall, with with all the changes with Q School now, just getting you to now the Corn Ferry Tour, and you've got a lot of guys that didn't make their top 125 tour cars that are dropping down. So that they're, they're uh, you know, the competition has stiffened a little bit. You've got guys like you know Victor Hovland who finished in tenth place, so he's he's well within that top 25. Bo Hosler finished in second, so he's up there. And Robert Streb. Um, finished well he's in the top five of the, the top 25 now so I mean, you've got guys that um are just outside on the on the pga tour trying to get back there so that extra competition uh in these last three weeks is going to make it tough i mean we've we've got uh davis riley's in the, the 25th spot right now so he's he's right on that uh on that line he's tied so i'm not sure exactly how that will play out if that stays like it is but he needs to have a couple good weeks and um yeah, John Randolph needs to have a couple good weeks. He missed a cut, so he he's uh, got a little bit of ground to, to make up um, in those that stretch. But it's, you know, it's it's tough. Every shot's important, and um, you know, it's 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 a yeah, lot of competition out there for sure. I think Chad Ramey missed the missed the cut as well. I think that's the three Mississippi yeah. guys right now that are that are battling to to get onto the tour, um, and then it's just some of these corn fairy things i don't understand they played this past week in columbus ohio and now out to boise yeah and then then back to somewhere in the midwest like i feel like there's probably somebody in in logistics on the on the tour somewhere that can figure out maybe how to (laughs) do that a little differently but but yeah it's it's a grind and it's a sponsors do what sponsors do and, and and you just move on yeah, their tour championship is somewhere in Indiana. I don't even recognize the name of it, but um, so yes, yeah, so you go, you go, you're the, you know, they're doing a little bit of traveling for sure. Yeah, but it'll be fun to fun to kind of watch that too, and I think probably to to kind of close out this week, let's talk about the FedEx Cup for a few minutes. Justin Thomas, I mean, that guy can just go nuts on a golf course yeah. when, when he's right. I mean, and still almost got caught, but he. He won the second event, moves to the top of the standings, and now for the the weird tour championship. Where yeah, he, this is going to be interesting. He's been two shots ahead since Sunday evening. Uh, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. This is going to be interesting. You know, I I get the playoffs are important. Justin's had a good a good week, but you look at a guy like Brooks Kepka, who's who's already uh, I think he's three shots back, maybe two or four, three, yeah. two or three. So I mean, a guy that's been just lights out all year and probably going to be the player of the year. Um, you know, doesn't play that great in the last playoff event and, you know, loses a spot a little bit in the number one spot for sure. And so I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. I, I, it's, it's an interesting approach and, and yeah, there, I, I don't know. There, we'll see. There's all kinds of scenarios that can play out because there's this FedEx cup, Leaderboard where Justin Thomas starts at, at minus ten, but this is also a an event to get official World Golf ranking points, and they can't they can't do it that way. So there's basically another scoreboard of the actual scores, right. and that could create a whole another mess of problems for official World Golf ranking points, and and that you know plays into you know Ryder Cup. And Presidents Cup and all yeah. kinds of different things that'll that'll affect these guys. That yeah, the Presidents Cup. These guys. So yeah, they'll name that team in a couple of weeks. So this is really their last chance to 
It may not, it may be you've had the cutoff yeah, already. Yeah, they did this last event. So I think the this top doesn't eight, count. The, yeah, the top eights are in, but yeah. so it's but these world golf ranking points become pretty important to these guys in these two year yeah. cycles for these for these big international events and you know, I th- I think the tour will take a look at it just because they had this Wyndham Rewards deal this year that, that did a reward Brooks Kepka for for having, you know, the best season, regular season on golf and, you know, on the tour. And the the purse isn't as, you know, it's not $15 million, but it was a cool $2 million. But right. these guys are playing for nuts money anyway. I just – Yeah. I heard one thing mentioned. If, if you finish dead last this next week, you're still going to make about $400,000. I saw that too. That's <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, these, these guys – you know, the money's not the important, most important thing. Yeah. I really think the win and rewards probably didn't gain this traction or it definitely didn't attract these top main players to play in that Wyndham championship at the end, at the end of the year. So I'm not going to say that's a bust or anything, but, I, I, you know, I don't think it probably did what they hoped to, to bring the drama in at the end of the year and, you know, have those kind of come down to the wire. Like this is coming down to the wire here. The winner, basically, of the Tour Championship will win the FedEx Cup. Um, yeah. And a, and a cool $15 million check. Yeah. It's a lot of so zeros. I don't know if that all fits on the actual, like, line of the check, if you can write that all out. But, hey. It probably won't. But probably. Uh, the, all those guys, they watch for that Monday. I think that's when the, <laughs> the deposits go in. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think they'll let them keep the big checks. Yeah, I think they'll they'll let them keep that. Um, I guess last last little piece I saw today come come across for the Sanderson Farm. I saw that Zach Johnson is in and is going to play at the Sanderson Farms here in a, you know in a month or so. So that's you know the name the names are coming and over the next bunch of weeks I think we'll we'll see some more. So I'm excited to kind of yeah. see who else commits. I think we'll see a lot more hit the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, especially after the tour championship ends, that people really start focusing. The ones that aren't already out. Uh, Zach's a good name. I, I've, I've always enjoyed watching Zach play, and I think he'll be he'll be fun to watch. And I think I think our course can suit him pretty well. Um, you know, it's not crazy long. Uh, he's a fairly accurate player. Um, yeah, so well, I, I think he'll be to fun to watch. Him. Would love to see him play well. He hadn't had a. You know he's been been a little his, his game's been a little down over the yeah, last year. Yeah, he has so. struggled some this year, we'll so he's that. looking to get. I think that's what's a good thing about these fall events. It gives those guys a chance to really get right back out there and try and get some things turned around. And yeah, you know, maybe he had some struggles at the end of the year and get out to a quick start for the 2020 season. And and you know sometimes in golf things just click. Um, so I'm, it's good to see that. I'm, I'm hoping we'll see a few more names like that start showing up in the next. The next couple of weeks, and you know, really see what that final field looks like. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's that's all I have today. What you had anything in closing? No, I think that's it. I mean, we're there's a lot to watch right now, and and really looking forward to the Sanderson Farms getting here. And you know, just coming off the last two weeks have been um, really cool for for Mississippi and. Um, I just think we had a we had a great summer of golf, and this was just kind of the icing on the cake to to uh, finish that off. And with they got this, and the college season's gearing up, so we'll have a lot of good college golf talk in the next um, next months to come. So there, there's there's a lot going on. 
Yeah, it is. It is exciting. So you will always you can find us on on social media and you can find us at msgolfer.net. Check check us out and we will uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you later, Matt. See ya. Yeah.